Welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. Y'all, we have a special episode today. You already see I am not in the studio by myself today. We have Cupful Delights. We got Miss Candace coming through with her journey of strength with PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. But before <laughs> we dive into this episode, y'all already know what time it is. Vibe with me, y'all. Welcome to the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. Welcome to the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives studio, Candice. You on mute. Come on off mute and talk. Say something to the people. Let them know you're here. Hey, people, I am here. I am very, very excited to be here. I just love that intro. I was just vibing. I, I just take my, I put myself on mute because I was like, okay, let me vibe to this. Sorry. But that was nice. Most of the time, we don't always get the people to go on mute. They be like, hey, hey, all over the, the microphone. And I'm like, okay, let's get it. We lit. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So welcome to the Empire Plates and Fire Lives podcast. Um, I found you on Instagram. I was yeah. so excited. I was, you know, doing research, trying to find those visible and vocal people of color uh, with polycystic ovary syndrome hashtags that had, yeah. you know, some type of purpose or some type of advocacy going on with. And I was like, ooh, couple delights. That sounds <laughs> interesting. That sounds interesting. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, let me see. And then I started going on your stuff and I said, oh, this is good. This is informative. This is informative. I started sharing your stories. But Thank like, you. where did couple delights even where did they even come from? You know what? My journey started when I was first diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome. And, you know, I it's a it's has a lot of uh, different issues. But Couple with Delight started because I wanted to bring some delight, some happiness to the scene. And I didn't want to live in this world that I could possibly be depressed. I could possibly be infertile. I could uh, possibly uh, never have a period, you know, or not have it uh, regularly. And so with all those things, and those are just three conditions, it comes with many, many more high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol, the, the list continues. But what delight can we bring in this situation? Because we have to find our own happiness. And I just found so much happiness in drinking a cup of tea you know, um, it settles me, it grounds me, and then it's healthy. So that's how Cup of Delights started. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I too, didn't want to go the route of having like PCOS or endometriosis or adenomyosis or fibroids in my name. I didn't want to be identified as that. Um, I wanted it to have a, a progressive vibe to it. Um, so yeah. I went with four vibrations. You get all of these diagnoses and then you're like, okay, how do I live now? Like what, how do I, what's my lifestyle look like? How do I think? What's my mindset? You know, what's my eating habits going to be? How do I plan to move? How do I plan to heal? Um, oh, when it comes to that, and I was like, you know what? I'm living forward. I'm not looking in the past. I'm not trying to figure out what all is really going on in my body. I'm just going to have these four vibrations and I'm just going to live with abundance. I want to be um, proactive with what's going on in my healing journey. I want to be an intentional. So I was like four vibrations is, is we are forward motion and we are vibing high so I, I i completely get why you wanted to find some delight in it because it can be depressing but speaking of depressing tell me what <laughs> has been right what has been your most um uh, 
I guess, struggle or your the biggest challenge you've had to overcome when it comes to polycystic ovary syndrome? I would say it, it's definitely for me been the infertility. And uh, that is, it was a surprise because, uh, you know, I was raised to go to college and uh, get a great job and find that husband. And, you know, um, a child will come when it's supposed to come, when all these things happen and those just naturally come. And that's been my dream in my head until I realized oh, it didn't play out exactly that. And so uh, I've been in a career driven mode for quite some time now. And I got married a little bit later in, in life. Um, I'm now 42 and uh, trying to conceive, right, in, in some sense or, or whatnot. So the infertility has been the, the biggest pitfall. It first started, though, with high blood pressure. And so whenever I would have weight gain, I would um, then inherit this like high blood pressure. And a lot of people said, oh, it's because of family driven, but I knew it was really weight gain. So how can I get off this weight? How can I lose this weight? Um, when I tried to lose weight, it really just wasn't popping off. And then it, things just started uh, connecting. Well, why, why can't I control this high blood pressure? Why can't I lose weight? And then this diagnosis, when I went to an, uh, a fertility specialist, um, said I had polycystic ovary syndrome. And so many women do have it, suffer with it, and may not even know they have it. And so I would say the most depressing news is just that journey of infertility, the journey of going through IVF, and then the journey of, of being a career-driven woman, um, trying to do that balancing act and trying to family. And uh, all, all those things come into play. So it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. Uh, but, you know, you just have to push through it in, in some sense, right? And what is your core beliefs is, is what I really come down to. What do I really believe in at this point is best for me? And But um, how to push through that? Because it can be very depressing. I would say the, um, just recently, this past November uh, 2023, I went through um, a time where I was supposed to have an embryo transfer. I have three embryos. Uh, because of polycystic ovary syndrome, I had a lot of eggs, right? But are, are the eggs normal? Right. That's the question. And so when we come down to the fertilization, three made it. Well, I was kind of have a transfer in November and it got delayed because they found some polyps. They found some fibroids and the, the list uh, got uh, kind of long. Uh, so that was really disappointing. And it put me in a state of depression. <laughs> and but, you know, my depression is a little bit different. It's like a two, three day because I'm not staying there very, very long. I'm going to acknowledge what's going on and then I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and see what I can do differently. And I'm so glad we connected because we really do have the same belief system that I don't want uh, Candace PCOS associated with my name for the rest of my life, right? It is something that some people do, and I respect that. But, you know, Candace uh, vibes high, Candace couple delights. That's that's the what I want to dwell on as far as putting that out in the universe, putting that out in my life and what God has in store for me. So I think that was beautiful. And I appreciate you for um, sharing that, that struggle. Um, and I, and I think there's so many people with PCOS that struggle with the fertility piece is, you know, you're a woman. And like you said, you kind of expect to have kids or you want to have kids, not everybody right. um, wants to have kids, but it, it, it just seems like a lot of us, who um, are facing challenges or experiencing polycystic ovary syndrome 
a lot of us do want children, even when we want children and we're single by choice and we still want mm-hmm. children because we really want to um, embrace motherhood and experience motherhood. What would you say um, to someone that's struggling right now with fertility issues that has PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, um, that, like you said, can get very depressed and down and out, and they might not be as resilient as Candace, couple delights where it only takes her two to three days and she's bouncing <laughs> back and she's figuring out, right. you know, what's that next strategy? Because I'm not going to let my body beat me. My body's going to work with me so I can get the goal. What would you say to them right now? I would say um, two things. And the first is um, really find those those little things. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but you have to, at one point, we all need to recognize that we bring our own happiness. And so we can't depend on something else to make us happy. I cannot, I personally can't say, I'm going to be happy when I get married. I'm going to be happy when I have a child. I'm going to be, and then, you know, you, you see the pattern that starts, but can you do something that makes you happy without this like big event occurring? And I think it's helpful to get out of that depressive state. And again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. I'm a life coach, but in a sense, I know that those little things make a difference. So it's baby stepping. And so if it is listening to music, it is vibing out. If it's taking a run, if it's really hugging your dog who you just fed, right? If it's, um, you know, painting, guitar lessons. I mean, these are things that I, I have on my, my plate, but what will bring you that little bit of happiness, that little bit of hope? And I think that is helpful in, in looking at those days that are dark that you can find some light. Some, sometimes it's, it's just as simple as eating a healthy meal, right? Just nourishing your body. You know, I my mother asked me the other day, she says, so what was the highlight of your day? And I said, I went to church and, and I went grocery shopping with my husband, Alvin, and I had a great wrap sandwich. It was a veggie wrap. And I said, that was the highlight. And she said, church wasn't your highlight? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I love church, but like, I really like that sandwich, you know, that, that was my highlight. I'm not afraid to say that. So when you ask that question, um, what can we really focus on? And the second thing is not only is it the little things, sometimes we can call it self-soothing. Sometimes we can even um, say it's uh, how can we get grounded? How can we get focused? But really what, what would you like to do and be your best advocate? Be your advocate. I think this entire journey has taught me to speak up for myself you know, because no one is going to speak up for you. We assume and nothing wrong with your doctor that you're seeing. It's nothing wrong with the doctor that I'm seeing. But we assume that when we see an OBGYN or we see our primary, they say, oh, just keep trying. Right. They say, just keep trying or you're OK, but, you know, you know, something's not right. It's a reason, you know, something's not right. It was innately put in you to understand how you feel and no one else does. So I encourage you to be your biggest, biggest advocate. Speak up for yourself. Ask questions. Get so curious. Get so curious. You know, uh, seek out uh, individuals like uh, Giovanni and 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 learn. Right, because there there's a ministry in all of this. There's a there's um, research and data that you can find a place to say, hmm, this makes sense. Let me ask more questions. And what, you know, why didn't they bring this up? And then I'll leave you with this. You know, I went to um, my OBGYN and I said, just, just out of curiosity, I knew what was going to happen. How can you help me 
um, with PCOS. Because on your brochure, right, it says, I help individuals with PCOS. Oh, well, there's really nothing we can do. You should go see your fertility specialist. And then I went to the fertility specialist and she said, well, there's really nothing you can do with PCOS. Uh, just don't eat a lot of carbs. But really, it is your OBGYN that can help you with your uh, PCOS. So you see that back and forth and no one takes accountability. So are you going to take accountability for yourself? Are you going to be an advocate for yourself? Right. Right. That's that's what this platform is all about. Right. Being an advocate, speaking up, vibing high. Right. Yeah, I love that. I think it was something first. I, I heard an inner foodie in there and I'm definitely a foodie. So the fact that you were talking about that veggie wrap, you sound like me, like I go crazy about a good food experience. And I'm, I'm now like at a year of this plant-based lifestyle and embracing this plant-based lifestyle. And I absolutely love it. But even at school, my students ask me like, Miss Ford, what'd you have for lunch today? Um, if I have a certain type of juice that I made, they want to take a swig of my juice and taste my fresh fruit and vegetable juice and say whether they like it or they don't like it. Um, or if I need to add more pineapple or take less bell pepper out. Um, so I'm starting to become that person that they see as this person who loves food. Um, but it's not the typical food that they're used to or seeing. So they, they like that is different. And I like that it's different too, because all of the, my students are females and they're females in middle school. So we clearly know they're experiencing periods at this time. And yeah. for someone to be eating more fruits and vegetables and making that a norm, hopefully that allows them to start engaging at a younger age. So that way they could start feeling better um, as they navigate through uh, their menstrual health. And then there was another thing you said, um, talking about like your OBGYN. First, I think you're the first person I heard that uh, I guess you kind of was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome by infertility specialist. Um, wow. Most of the time you hear it's kind of brought up by your OBGYN. For me, um, and a lot of other people I know that have endometriosis, it was a visit to the ER, you know, and seeing those images and being able to see that there's a mass on my ovary or, you know, the pain that you're continuing to experience in these symptoms might be endometriosis. So now you take that back to, you know, your primary care or your OBGYN. But you're the first that I've ever heard of that your infertility specialist was able to tell you. And you're also one of the first that told me it was high blood pressure um, for you. For me, the first sign was um, irregular periods and then the the physical facial hair, you know, the excess oh, yeah. um, facial hair. I, on them, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but those like you know, just seeing and hearing the irregular periods and seeing, yeah. you know, the facial hair was like, OK, yeah, definitely believe it's PCOS in addition to what the imaging was already um, saying. And then I just appreciate you going ahead and already saying it in, at the beginning of this podcast or this episode about being mm -hmm. your own advocate. You cannot leave your health in the hands of someone else. That is the whole purpose of Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives. We are trying to empower you with our journey of strength to be an advocate for yourself. Take the knowledge that you get from the healthcare system and then go mm -hmm. make the best educated decision that aligns with your lifestyle to help you live the best life that you can live based on the information and the body that you're given. Um, and just because they say one thing doesn't mean that has to be the end. Um, that's why you have delights. That's why you have four vibrations. That's why we're here to empower you um, because you matter. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why we're sharing this journey of strength and why this this space is even um, brought together. But it was something that you um, were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I know you were talking about being your biggest advocate. I know that I saw on your page 
that you sometimes go to um, PCOS events, polycystic ovarian yeah. um, syndrome events. Can you tell me what is it like first to just be in the room of people that are really advocating for polycystic ovary syndrome? What does it feel like being in that room and then follow up with how do you live with purpose in that room? Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. So my first encounter was just doing the research, right? I, when I started being an advocate for myself and then I start saying, okay, well, maybe they diagnosed me and then I'm like, I'm not claiming it. It's not mine, right? And so you ignore it and you're like, wait a second, I still have these symptoms, okay? I still have the chin hair. I still have high blood pressure, blah, 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 right? So then um, just researching it. So it's PCOS challenge. That has been the most supportive, uh, most loving um, environment of individuals. And uh, Sasha and Ote, William Ote, have been such a blessing. And they're like the directors of the program. And they're really, um, I would say the most latest event is having a patient-focused meeting where mm -hmm. patients are in the room um, expressing their needs, but to the industry, to the medical industry and those who are the decision makers um, on protocol, because there's technically not a protocol for PCOS. And so that to me is big. It's not about like oh, bringing in a speaker, but it's about like what actual legislation change are you making? And that's what I saw that. And I, I and they, they want you to partake, partake in um, I would say they want you to partake in that movement. It's not like, hey, just join our event. No, hey, you are part of our event. And that's what is so uh, joyful about it. And then meeting the women who share their stories. You know, um, the first PCOS challenge event was a 5K walk. And it was in the cold heart of Atlanta. I remember for some reason in October, it was just one of those cold days, but like, why is October cold in Atlanta anyway? But it was. And uh, I went with my husband, Alvin Darian, and it was just so, it was such a blessing just to see people share their stories. And we were just there together. You know, things that I thought was just happening to me, like I thought my chin hair since I was in high school uh, was like not a big deal. Like we all have that, right? And I thought that we all skip periods, right? I thought, oh, you know, your cycle is, is 35 days, right? I didn't know. No one said it. And when I expressed it to the, a primary, they're like, yeah, it's stress, girl. <laughs> they told me the same thing I was a dancer and so it was more so like I did tap, jazz, ballet, hip-hop, lyrical and then they were just like well kids that are active like you are dancing all the time you know it's normal for you to miss your period or um, as I got older and I got into college and it was like oh you're just you know stressed and stress will cause you to miss your period oh it must have been something you ate and so they always normalized irregular periods they always normalized you know, the facial hair. Cause I was like, oh, well I see it in my family. I've seen it in, you know, some of my aunts, my mom, my grandma. So, you know, people just pluck others have to, you know, do a little bit more. Um, but no one ever said I have polycystic ovary syndrome or, Hey, this is showing that there might be a hormone imbalance or mm -hmm. there's something going on with your hormones. It's like, it's just like, nah, it's my family. The hot sweats, like sweating at night. My granddaddy sweats at night. So I'm thinking, you know, well, I'm sweating. I'm waking up drenched. Well, my granddaddy does it. So, you know, 
chuck it up to hereditary. And there's so many things that we just try to pass off as normal or other people pass off as normal that are not. It's your body speaking to you and talking to you. And if you're not paying attention, if you're not connected, if you're not aware of what's mm -hmm. going on, you won't be able to take that information no. to someone who will be able to say, oh, something's wrong. Something's not right. Um, right. This could be a sign of but because you pass it off as normal or people make it seem like it's okay, you just go to your, your annual physical and you don't say anything. Um, and for some reason, even though, like you said, since high school, you know, with the facial hair, the facial hair has been there for me. I don't think every time I've gone, I had a fresh wax, you know, like a fresh <laughs> hair wax to where they couldn't see it, but yet they don't say anything. Um, right. So I, I, I'm with you on that. I love that the PCOS challenge is so patient centered. I think who better to listen to but the patients. And I think sometimes we get it backwards when we sit there and we let the medical professionals try to dictate and dialogue, especially males who don't mm -hmm. even have the issues that females are going through trying to put in place the protocols of what's mm -hmm. actually happening and going on with female bodies. So I love that the PCOS challenge even exists. Um, I'm mm -hmm. so glad that you told me about it. And I'm glad that there's a sisterhood. Um, yeah amongst us that's learning and even when it comes to facebook like being able to be a part of like the pcos black group there's like thousands like over thousands of black women now that's in one shared space that can talk about right. the common issues that they're experiencing and it's like before i even heard of it before i was even diagnosed with it i didn't even know like you said someone else has this let alone the more you keep living you start finding friends you know or friends of friends that say, you got PCOS? Yeah, my cousin has that. It's starting right. to become a little bit more common now that you're vocal, you're visible, and you're getting into those spaces that, you know, that you're learning and you're feeling more empowered because you're around those people. So I love that the PCOS challenge even exists and that they're doing things on the forefront to really help patients navigate the healthcare system and to hold the healthcare system accountable for how they treat us. Um, when mm -hmm. they see patients, because sometimes it takes a while before you even get the diagnosis. Um, so I think that mm -hmm. is really beautiful. So you get this diagnosis of PCOS. What do you mm -hmm. do to start changing your lifestyle? So um, the first event was just information. It was just finding information. And a uh, couple delights has always been in my head. I, I really love tea. Like, that, the, like what do you want to drink? I want to drink tea, right? I'm at dinner and everyone's drinking drinks. And I'm like, I want a cup of tea, hot tea. Right. And so that's, that's my dig. And so, um, when, when you say like looking at, uh, uh just like that, that entire journey, I, what was the question again? <laughs> First lifestyle changes. Like you got this, you got this diagnosis. How do you start changing your lifestyle? No, you okay. <laughs> yes. So the lifestyle changes was the tea. Um, because, uh, but then when the infertility happened, I wanted to start doing, uh, eating healthy, but it wasn't like a big push until I started having these health issues. So I hired, and again, this, it can be a, a very expensive if you really start digging, right. If you really start searching. So, um, I don't want the fact that every, that you have to go to a, a fertility specialist to get diagnosed. So you should be able to go to your doctor to get diagnosed, right. At that time, I just didn't have the knowledge that that could exist. It just so happened. But um, the food is so very imperative. And I've always been into healthy eating and natural healing. And 
uh, naturopathic uh, remedies. Uh, but when I realized it's just so much deeper than that, and that I also changed um, eating meat for a time period, eating more of the plant-based, that's when it started shifting. That's when the blood pressure really went down. And Let's like, go. Come on. And that's what I needed. I, You know, you just look for those small wins, right? Even if it's a facial hair, like, okay, now that I have scarring on my chin because I plucked it for, I don't know, 20 years, right? Now, uh, now I'm going to do waxing or if I'm going to do... Um, you know, laser treatment, that, that small thing. Now it's not as bad. Now it's not as dark. It's a win for me. So I look for those small wins just to give me some hope and to keep me going. So the food back to the food, one of the major changes was that plant-based, but that was uh, derived out of a miscarriage, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a miscarriage this past June. Um, and then I just said, I have nothing else to lose. Like, like what else could I do? You know? So let me just try this plant-based. And then I ended up enjoying it. You know, I felt lighter. My digestion was good uh, along with the tea. It just like, it just was like a, a nice harmony for myself. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes we hear people say it and they're just like, man, they just talking. They're not, they're, mm -hmm. the plant-based can't make them feel that good. Like I tried it. It didn't work like that. But I feel like people try to make changes, but they're not consistent with it or they don't try it as long. So you, right. you eat a certain way or you have a certain lifestyle for 20 years, 30 years. And then you say, oh, well, I'm going to try this plant-based lifestyle. And you might try it for a week. You might mm -hmm. try it for 30 days. You're not going to see your body hasn't even gotten the opportunity to truly adjust to the lifestyle quite yet based on all the years you've been living a certain different way. Um, and the body is just so complex. But I felt the same way that you felt like I went plant-based. Like I, over time, I started taking things out of my I guess we can say diet um, right. to start consuming certain things. And mm -hmm. then as soon as I went ahead and got that juicer um, and I went, I was like, okay, ta ta to the salmon and the eggs. That was the last to go. And I've just been feeling good ever since my periods have been regular. Uh, once I started moving consistently and then I upped my miles to like four miles a day, the, the facial hair started going down even more. So you, so it's just like, it wasn't as much. I was like, oh my goodness. I can be late to my next appointment. I don't even have to run it up because, you know, the walking and the moving really was helping. I was like really shocked and I was excited and I was feeling good. And now I get so excited about posting like plant based food porn. Like it's just and then <laughs> like and black chefs like black plant based oh, chefs yeah. like they just have a special place in my heart. Like I love the creativity. I don't want to get in the kitchen all the time to try the different stuff. I just want to eat it. Um, right. But at the end of the day. Like it's so inspirational and it's encouraging and it makes me not even want to look back because not only am I feeling good, I'm eating good food that's good for me. And Absolutely. of course, that's where the the empowered plate comes from because I'm that that high energy foodie. Like I love good food. So when I have something that's really good, I'm having my my coworkers try it. You know, my kids, my students might come up and try it. And that takes me back to something else you said earlier. When you were like, find the little joy in what you do have. So I mm -hmm. haven't had my own you know, children myself. I haven't birthed any children, but I'm a teacher. And every mm -hmm. year I get to have kids for about 10 months. And then, you know, for two months, I'm free. I'm child free. And I and I love it because it gives me that opportunity to still have kids in my life on a regular basis. Um, but you also talked about my dog, Spencer. So Spencer's my emotional support animal. Like 
who's walking with me? Spencer. We're going to knock these miles out together. Like it feels so much better having someone with you and someone you can love and care on. So even and he's if- your motivation too, because when you, the days you don't want to go out, he's like, look, we going. <laughs> that part, like his, his heart matters too. Like we got to move. Like we both got to have this good health status. Um, So I completely get it. And I love that you hit on seeing your blood pressure drop. And I don't, how long did it take for you to actually start seeing some changes in your body to respond to your lifestyle shift? I think about 30 days. So I started in July. I, I ran a 5K, which I, I'd even practiced for, but I was just so excited. I used to run half marathons. And then, you know, I just, uh, I would say about 30 days because in August, um, I would say mid August, that's when I saw the change. And I was like, man, that was it. But I will add this, you know, many people say they try it. And that they're then they get off of it, and I couldn't do it. And I've tried to be vegetarian before, and man, oh man, I really wanted meat. Okay, I don't know what was going on, but I just wanted meat. But that's where my body was at that time, and it's nothing wrong with those who eat meat uh, or, or whatever you eat. You know, you can eat cookies, whatever you do, you. But the point I'm trying to make is you have to really want to do it, um, and you do have to listen to your body. So just listen to your body and how it responds. You have to be aware of what's going on. Even um, those who say, oh, I have PCOS and then they're like, but I don't have any symptoms. You have symptoms, but take the time to listen to your body. Take the time to write down, um, I noticed this when I ate that, or I noticed this is happening. Um, and it, out of a, all of a sudden it started happening, you know? So I think that's important to just be aware uh, of your body at the time that you, you want to make these changes. I completely agree. Like nothing is wrong if you choose to eat meat because meat might actually be serving your body in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, it's my healing, my journey, and we're just here to share what we're doing, what wow. we've experienced, what worked for us. So you can kind of pick what you want to try um, within your own lifestyle that we're sharing with you and figure out what works best for you. That's why we're sharing. So there's no one size fits all approach at all. Um, mm -hmm. Because there's, like I said, there's some people who went plant-based and then they felt like they their body needed to go back and get something else in there. And you're all, that's the whole point of you being empowered to make your own decision. Like it's just about you doing what's best for you. Did you see any issues though, in regards to polycystic ovary syndrome with dairy? Did you see any changes? and consuming dairy? Um, not not yet. I haven't seen any uh, changes, but I do know like with the tea and with the plant-based and then working out regularly, like now I went through from, so July, I went through um, a period I want to run. I want to do yoga. I want to eat plant-based foods, right? So that's what I did. From that point on, um, I just, then it shifted. Now I want to do strength training, right? So I want to do strength training. I want to do plant-based food. Uh, I want to drink more tea. So I've seen regular periods through that. I've seen less hair through that. I've seen still a maintaining uh, blood pressure medication because like for me, I was taking uh, just a small dose of it. But when I would take it, I'm like, I'm so dehydrated. I feel it in me. And it's just like, I just wanted it out. I just wanted those drugs out. And with the infertility drugs, right, though it's doing something positive, I'm a science project, really. You know, well, that's how I feel, right? Because I'm creating an environment that, um, that's not naturally happening. Um, so I just found uh, a, a great flow, a great flow. As far as the fertility goes, I haven't seen that change yet, but I do believe there is some space and there is um, the right time for it to happen. I do believe it's the right time. 
I, I get that. I get it all the way. And so what you talk about is like where you are right now with working out. I was doing, like we said, being educated and doing research. I was researching yesterday and I saw that there's like for every phase mm-hmm. um, of your menstrual cycle, there are oh, yeah. certain exercises you should be doing um, mm-hmm. to, to best help your body respond and appreciate and honor the movement. And so mm-hmm. like when you were saying, I'm like, okay, I can see that. Because for me, um, and it might be the endometriosis, low impact works for me. And it works mm-hmm. for me like consistency, consistently. But when I would go into the gym and I would try like lifting weights or doing leg press or doing certain things, it would trigger the pain in my left side where my adenoid meiosis was cited. So it's just like you really have to figure out what works best for you because I've seen some people when it comes to PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome with those set of hormones or that extra testosterone, it's the lifting weights that their body really, really does respond to versus someone who might have other diagnoses. It might be best to keep it low impact, not high intensity and not stress too much of the muscle. So again, that's another aspect of figuring out what works best for your body and how your body responds. Because like you said, PCOS, Mm -hmm. we can have weight gain like it's nothing and have no idea where it's coming from. It wasn't a difference in what you're eating. And then we can have some unexplained weight loss and like, okay, so how did that happen at times? (laughs) So it just kind of depends. But at the end of the day, it's those cravings that really get us sometimes, um, whether it's the sugar cravings or even just the carb cravings for the bread. Um, so it's just really like having a plan in place um, mm-hmm. to know what you're going to be eating. Um, mm-hmm. So that way you're still honoring your body and giving it that love it deserves by choosing the right foods that's going to make you still feel good after you consume it. Um, so you I think that's the two things I, I want to point out. You said, um, the low impact. And I can really relate to that because I, I only know how to lose weight with high impact. And when I lost the most weight of my life, it was high impact for an hour with the trainer, Lifetime Fitness in New Jersey. And when I was doing that, I'm like, I am exhausted. Like I need to go home. I need to sleep. I can't even work, but I lost this weight. So I'm like, okay, that's what I have to do. But then I went to um, um, a coach and she shared with us how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I had made a comment to her because it was in that time of November. And she said, look, this doesn't have to be forever. Now I'm thinking in my mind, I will always have PCOS because they said it was no cure. I will always have to eat plant-based, right? I will always have to do these things. But she kind of opened up my mind to think, this doesn't have to be forever. It, it, it's like this period, this present moment of time, that's where you're at. So this present moment of time, you are noticing that you have to do low impact, right? Maybe it might change, right? And that's saying that it has to, right? But it, it could, it could, but it's just being flexible and forgiving in yourself that you don't have to do what they, that post said. Like I did, you know, a leg press and I did it for an hour and I lost this weight. That may not be you right? And plant-based may not be someone else, right? But this is where where we are in that space. Yeah. I love that you you said it's where you are right now. It's like life. It's seasons. There's seasons. Mm -hmm. There's chapters in life. So what PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome might look like for you today might not be what it looks like for you 
two years from now, it, mm-hmm. six months from now, like it could totally be a different thing because it's a it's a whole body experience. <laughs> it's a whole body experience that you don't know how your body's going to respond. But take it back to boundaries. I love that you said um, it's all about setting boundaries. Boundaries reminds me again about like mindset. Mm. Talk to me a little bit more about your mindset. How do you maintain a healthy mindset or resilient mindset? What is it with your mindset that helps you continue to have a journey of strength when you are um, challenged or experiencing issues with polycystic ovary syndrome or just life as a black woman? (laughs) Life as a black woman, right? (laughs) I still believe you got to find those things that make you happy, that you're not trying to get happiness from someone else, right? I told my husband and I love him, but I said, you can't make me happy. I have to at some point make myself happy, right? So what are those things that make you happy? Those healthy things that make you happy. I have to insert healthy, right? Those positive things and make a list, right? That 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 will shift your mindset because the, the longer you stay in that place, you're going to be in that place. But if you're able to find, um, maybe it is uh, taking a, a bubble bath. Maybe it is just taking a walk or going outside in nature. Some people it's cleaning, right? Uh, some people it's shopping, but be careful on that aspect of the shopping, right? Boundaries. Yeah, so boundaries, right? <laughs> Set those boundaries in that shopping. But what are those things that make you happy? And then surround yourself with people that are like-minded and that have a good vibration, um, that energize you. And that they don't take away because there's some vampires out here and they love taking away your energy. So who are who's going to give you that 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 sense of purpose? Who's going to enlighten you? Who who's going to add to you? Right? They may be adding to extra energy, right? Extra uh, happiness to you, right? But you're not totally dependent on them to make you happy. Agree. And I think it was. Um, I love that you you mentioned. It's an internal thing when it comes to happiness, because so many times we get caught up in thinking that there's something external that's going to make us happy or someone. And a lot of times we also and it goes into love. A lot of times we also want other people to love us before we sit there and really, truly embrace everything about us and love us and how we show up and love ourselves every single day goes about how you choose to see yourself what you believe about yourself, what you think about yourself, and then the decisions you make for yourself. Um, but it can easily, easily be into a victim mindset of my body is betraying me or my body's not allowing me to do this or do that. Or, you know, I'm or embarrassed. I my body. Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Right. That, right? that, and it, it could be debilitating, but like you said, it's, it's kind of like, you know, who are you? Who do you want to be? What boundaries are you putting your, in, into your regular day to make sure that you're giving some time to just embrace you, to just sit with you. And then also when you're sitting with you, let's talk about some of the things that you are grateful for. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's that mindset shifting. It's that, that introspect where you're turning it around and we're like, okay, what is going good versus what all is going bad. Um, And I, I think that's a beautiful thing when you talk about just finding the happiness, the small things. Um, It could just be a simple mindset shift. It can be a gratitude journal. It can be just reflecting on who you are, or it could just be, I love me. And what does that love look like today with me loving me? Also, I like when you said taking a bath, like I'm good with a good magnesium bath. The magnesium bath with some essential, some essential oils, 
Like I just came across that one not too long ago. Like you said, a cup full of delight, some good herbal tea. <laughs> like that's just calming to start my day in a classroom and I'm just sipping on it. Like, I don't know what drama y'all going to bring as a whole bunch of girls, but at the end of the day, I'm already oh coming. If it's not my tea, it's my juice <laughs> and I'm all right with it. Um, so I, I love that. And I just think, again, that goes back to boundary setting, but it also goes into self-love and self-care and how you show up for you every single day, despite what your body is experiencing. Um, so definitely, y'all, stay stay light with how you right. see yourself and don't forget to give yourself grace. Um, right. No one is expecting perfection. Um, right. No one should want you just want to continue to progress. So give yourself grace. But, you know, just love on you. Love on you like nobody else can. And I think that's what matters most. Um, But you were talking to me before and I thought it was really cool. Um, But you were telling me about like you, the birth control and going against your your doctor's orders when it came to birth control. But then you started talking about these phases in your cycle that you started tracking to better get educated when it goes in there. Can you can you walk them through that? Can you walk us through that whole experience? So I don't encourage anyone to do this, but this is what I did. Okay. So during um, certain IBS protocols, they'll put you on birth control because they're trying to control your period because they want to be able to insert the embryo at the right time. Okay. And so uh, when November happened, um, I wasn't able to take that transfer. And then um, the lab closed because of the holidays. Well, um, I start the beginning of the year and I do a lot of travel for work, which also would probably go into why I'm infertile for for many ways. Um, But with that being said, I travel a lot for work at the beginning of the year. So I knew that if I didn't have the embryo in me, then there was no reason that I couldn't work. So now I got to go back to work, right? Right. right? That's just a fact of life. So am I going to be on birth control for, for the next five months or the next three months until I go for the next embryo transfer or the surgery to remove those polyps, polyps to do the embryo transfer? My, my goal was no, I'm not taking that pill, right? One, I don't like it. Right? I just told you, I don't really like that little uh, five milligram, 10 milligram blood pressure medicine. Okay. So let alone, I don't like the, the um, birth control. So I stopped taking it. Okay. So that means, um, a couple of things could happen. One, I could get pregnant, um, or or two, I can, um, also learn how my cycle works by myself. And so I looked up, um, a one, a little device called Mira and it's M-I-R-A and Mira allows me to pee on a stick every single morning. And it takes, it tracks like three different hormone levels. And I get to see my, my cycle in the stages that it's in. I get to take notes and say, oh, that's the day that I had all that bad food, or that's the day I had alcohol, right? That's the shift I'm now seeing in my hormones. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't do that. But I love that I'm now able to track it because before I was doing um, BBT and I would take the basal temperature. So I'm taking the temperature every day at the same time, hopefully the same time. All of those come into play, but there was nothing really that was a... Uh, a program that was tracking it. There was nothing that was saying, these are your hormone levels. And this is how it compares to a normal um, user or a healthy user, as they don't say normal, but a healthy user. This is how it compares to someone with PCOS. So Mira does cater to women that have PCOS 
and other um, uh, conditions like endometriosis. So that is the shift that I did when I went off of birth control. The doctor doesn't even know I did it. I just did it because it's just no, there's just no reason for the next five months to be miserable on birth control. Nothing's wrong with being on birth control, right? If you decide to do that, that's just what I decided not to do for myself at this time. Agree. Um, I wasn't going through any fertility experiences when it came to birth control. That was just like the first thing um, that they offered, I guess, you know, to help with like pain um, for your periods and I guess like trying to regulate it. And I was like, well, is it going to treat anything? Is it going to cure anything? I was like, no, there is no cure. I was like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's make sure we know exactly what it is. And Mm -hmm. once we know exactly what it is, let's figure out other ways to do it because I, it just didn't align with me um, for the birth control. And even that was in Jacksonville where I first was diagnosed and had my excision specialist um, do my stage four endometriosis surgery. But then it was here uh, moving to Dallas and then, you know, trying to make sure I found an OBGYN that's knowledgeable about <clears throat> endometriosis. And she asked me about, you know, getting on birth control. And I was like, no, thank you. And she was like, well, with stage four endometriosis, it's just going to come back and spread like wildfires. And I was like, all right, well, if everything's looking good, my labs are looking good so far, I'm just going to continue to go down um, the lifestyle that I've chosen to go through right now because I'm feeling good. Um, and I'm not feeling like there's any additional reason why I should partake in um, right. consuming birth control because I don't know how my body's going to respond. But I also know taking in something um, could shift a lot of different things in my body. And I just didn't feel like it was that need. But like you said, birth control could really provide other people with the relief they need and the response they need for their body. So if that's the decision they make, hope, like go for it all the way. But like you said, it wasn't for you and it wasn't an option that I was considering myself either. Um, so yourself, you just showed us like how you were an advocate. You were aware of where your body was, the things that are working for you. And that's not serving you right now, right? That the birth control wasn't serving you right now. So, you know, uh, kudos to you for making that decision. That's a big decision because a lot of doctors are not going to say, Hey, you know what? You need to really do a plant-based diet because I think that's like the healthiest route to go. Like they're not going to say that. Agreed. <laughs> They'll quick to tell you, you need to eat differently if your BMI is a certain way um, or start moving, but they might not even know exactly what you're eating and how well you're already moving because that also is a struggle for, you know, some of our PCOS sisters who, you know, have been trying their best to lose weight, have been moving and the weight's not going anywhere. And you're saying, oh, just move, just exercise, just change the way you're eating. And they've been doing that, but it's not responding. And so they need a little bit more. Um, but are you creating that relationship and that atmosphere to help them figure out what is best for them? But like you just said, it went from your OBGYN back to your infertility. And then they just played the little toss back and forth and no one's really telling you exactly what you need to do. So you kind of have to figure it out. Um, But last two questions for you. Um, This question is for um, girl dads um, and specifically those girl dads who um, no longer are able to have their mother in that home to kind of be that person that they go to when it's time to have that period talk or that period support, that menstrual cycle support where it feels natural for dads to just be a part of that conversation. And that's what I really want to make happen is to have more dads in those conversations when it comes to period talk with their daughters, especially as they get older, because look at us, we we definitely probably know 
um, other females who've been diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome at 16 or at 15 or at 14 um, and not when they're older like we are now in our 30s and in our 40s. So what advice would you give dads to be um, supportive and more in a, a role of knowledge and empowerment to kind of help support their daughters when it comes to menstrual health? That's that's a beautiful question you just proposed um, and, a, and a, a group that you don't think about as much, right? And so I think that's a, that's a really beautiful question. I would just say, um, give your daughter all, all the education she needs in that space, right? Because now technology is just at, literally at our fingertips. And so, um, you know, before it was, you know, my mother gave me a necklace when I had my period and I had my period when I was nine years old, right? And, uh, you know, this is the time of the month and, and this is what you do. But no one said, oh, this is the time of the month, but this is like this part of the cycle and there's three parts of the cycle and it's the average part of the cycle is this, right? So it's important that you, sh you find that information to share with them. And then at the end of the day, at some point, it is up to the daughter to um, take that information in, but at least you provided it to her, right? At least you gave her something that not even the mothers will do, right? Because they don't know. Right. So it's just important that you educate them if it is a period app. Right. If it is a, a device um, that you can you know, track, you know, where your period is um, at that time or your menstrual cycle, the power of what it can do. I think education is important, um, but you also have to be aware of what's going on, too. Right. It's, and it's important that you educate yourself. It's not just sending your daughter a link. It's also reading the link and understanding um, it as well. And, and then I think food is very important because the minute that you are, you know, eating a Taco Bell every night and all those chips and French fries, I mean, those were the good old days, right? Right now we can't do that, right? Things will happen. The gut will get bigger. Okay. So um, it's just important that you realize at some point, um, you do have to proportion that out or you do have to control it because it's, it's going to be a direct impact on, on your health, right. On your hormones. Right. Yes, ma'am. So we got education. Um, mm -hmm. and then we have awareness and then we have food. I think that is definitely key, um, in regards to dads and being able to help navigate that conversation and be a supportive parent and have a equal part in that role, even if there is a mom or without, to really just be a partnership when it comes to health. Because you also have to think that this child and her menstrual health also dictates the legacy of your family, because uh, wow. she's the one who would continue to, you know, carry on this this family legacy that you're creating. So I, I think what stood out a lot for me is not only um, have I lost two line sisters um, due to cancer, and so I know that there's, you know, some two special girl dads in our lives, but it's also seeing that um, beneath the belt, that endometriosis documentary. And I actually saw like a dad take a really strong uh, role in his daughter's life when it came to fighting for her endometriosis treatment. And it was just like, this is so beautiful seeing yeah. fathers in this space because you're so, you know, strong with seeing a mother because your mother could empathize and, you know, a little right. bit more about, you know, menstrual cycles and stuff because they've been in those shoes. 
But to see dad stand up in that role, I thought it was just very important. And I don't think it should be at a critical point that a dad is now brought into a conversation about what's going on with their child's health. Right. Because I think menstrual health is still a part of regular health. And I don't know why we have to taboo it or separate it as if it's something that we still can't talk about. Just like you said, talking about your physical health. If I'm mindful of what you're eating for dinner or breakfast or for lunch, I should be just as mindful of what's actually happening in your body and what's going on. So we know what's normal and what's not normal. Um, I love that you talked about being aware and tracking the, the menstrual cycle. And not only is just this is when it comes on, but also what you're feeling, you know, what those symptoms look like. Am I having low back pain? Are my periods very heavy where I'm bleeding out my 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 pads every 30 minutes? Do I know when to change my menstrual, uh, you know, my feminine products? Do I know what type of product? Should I be all organic? Should I just pick up whatever the cheapest option is? So I think education is really key. And it, like you said, don't just send a link, but know and let's talk about it and figure out the best way of, you know, making decision when it comes to it. But a lot of times my students, their stomach is hurting, they're cramping and I mm-hmm. ask, and then I see what were you eating before? And it was either high processed foods or it was a lot of dairy um, or it was a lot of sugar. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I tried to let them know, hey, around this time, we need to really ramp up the fruits and vegetables. Um, so that way you feel a lot better while your body is cleansing because that's all a menstrual cycle okay. is, is right. cleans. And you really want a nice, good cleanse that feels good and not so nasty and painful and, you know, debilitating because that's not normal. And we don't want to normalize that. Right. And it could be a point that if you, if you start uh, living that lifestyle that you, you like, don't have cramps. (laughs) So during that's during that period, that's like, I've had that happen many times before. And I'm like, this is good. This is the life. And I'm like, at that point, it's like, let me look at my period and see when the period is supposed to be coming so then catch me off guard because I'm used to getting those little knocks on the uterus that say, hey, I'm coming. And, you know, having the PMS, start having the cracks before it even gets here. And now that the lifestyle has changed, it's I don't even know what's coming, you know, and it it just goes and it's not there as long. So really those lifestyle changes and adopting those healthy habits could really, really shift your experience when it comes to your menstrual health, but your overall well-being, even with your mindset. Like, look Mm -hmm. at us right now. Like, you don't always see people with polycystic ovary syndrome being able to show up visibly, vocally, vibrantly, talking about their experiences and not, you know, just getting such stiffness and tense and drawn and depressed and all these issues and getting into this victim mindset because it's yeah. not getting us anywhere. You know, we're talking about patient experiences. We're talking about being advocates. We're talking about being empowered. We're talking about some of the changes we've had. We're talking about the glows, but we're also saying here's some of the grows, you know, here's a loss for me. You know what I mean? Here's a, a season for me. But at the end of the day, we're still going. We're still thriving. We're still smiling. We're still showing up where it matters most. And I, I think that's the reason why I, I just appreciate being able to share journeys of strength for women like us that are experiencing issues with endometriosis, poly 60 ovary syndrome, adenomyosis, fibroids, or any other health conditions that show up on this platform because we want you to be empowered and we want you to live a vibrant life. But we also know that some of it boils down to just some of the simple things like what we choose to put on our plate, what we choose to think, believe about ourselves. Um, and how we move our body and appreciate our body, just how we show up 
and love for mm. your own healing because it is really your true um, journey. But you look like you was going to say something. No, um, when you really look up uh, these conditions, um, there there's no magic pill for it. But there is a common thread that they do say, oh, lifestyle changes will help. Right. And that's just crazy because you said simple things. And then that made me think of lifestyle changes. And so when you do those lifestyle changes and they're saying a chronic condition, lifestyle changes will help. Oh, my gosh. Like we just like eliminated the pharmaceutical companies. Like, you know, if we're able to commit to that and and, and embrace it. Right. And that's I'm not the saying big word. Commit and embrace. Commit and embrace. You just said that, Candace. Commit and embrace. You can't just try it. You have to be committed to it and you really have to embrace it. And I tell people that all the time when they're starting to make those lifestyle changes because it's not always as easy, but it can be done. And it's not about what you're replacing. It's about what you're embracing. So if you're Mm -hmm. embracing overall well-being, if you're embracing less pain, if you're embracing, I want a good quality of life. If you're embracing, I want healing. I want to feel better about myself. I want to love myself. If you're embracing those things, you're not Mm -hmm. focused on what you're trying to replace that you're so used to. You're embracing the healing that you know you deserve, the healing that you know is on the other side of just continuing to make the best decisions for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's what matters the absolute most. And that's why, you know, we're here, Candice, as your wellness coach, and then, you know, <laughs> me as your healthy habits and lifestyle, because we just mm-hmm. want you to be empowered about taking these chances to commit and embrace to the life that you deserve, despite whatever diagnosis, obstacle, or challenge you might face. Um, but last question, okay. and then I'll let you dive on out of this studio. Um, but if you could have a meal with any historical figure, who oh would it God. be and what would you all eat? Historical figure. Can you describe any that? historical a- figure. It it's up to you. So I always tell people that get a little stumped on this. Um, yeah. For my granddaddy has changed. Before I was a historical figure. Another time I asked my granddaddy it was my grandma. Um, so it just really just okay. depends on who you want your historical figure to be. Um, because it doesn't have to be someone that's deceased. It's, okay. it's all up to you. Who, who would um, that historical be, and what would you all eat? So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm a big Prince fan. Like I love now the hair blowing the other day. <laughs> oh, oh my yes. All that flowy hair print. I love, I love that you at that time, right? I would love to have a, a lunch, a dinner, a breakfast, just something I would not eat. I would just stare at him, um, just in awe of a genius. And uh that's how that that's how that meal would go. It would be great food in front of us, healthy food, because he's all about the healthy eats, but I would just stare at him. Kind so what do you think out. Prince would have been eating then while you would just be looking at him? What would Prince be eating? <laughs> Give us this plate. Give uh, us this plate. I, I think he has some humor too because uh, he has a song, Breakfast Can't uh, Breakfast Breakfast Can Wait. Can't wait. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what would he eat? He would, I don't know. I think he would eat pretty healthy. And then I think he would have something bad at the end. So I think he would have like um you know, a something lean, like maybe some salmon and some, you know, some brown rice and some sauteed uh, vegetables, but that I can see him eating like a cheesecake at the end, like just something bad, like just to, just to put a little dash of badness in there. So, you know, the purple one does things like that. 
Okay. I got you. Understood. Understood. Well, man, I appreciate you for um just showing up, being visible, being vocal, um, but just saying, you know what? I believe in empowering others to live an empowered life and joining me here in the studio on the Empower Plates Empower Lives podcast. What I'd love for you to do is let everybody know where they can follow you. Tell them a little bit about your tea um, and just leave the people with a good cup full of delight message before we close out this episode. I will. I will. I want to say thank you for uh, allowing me to speak on this platform and sharing with your community. I love Empowered Plates. I love what you're doing. I love watching your journey, right? Because you're real. You're genuine. You're not saying that you just had this overnight thing, but this is a journey for you, but this is how you're overcoming um, everything. And I think that's just a, a beautiful, pure message that needs to be shared uh, to so many different uh, communities, right? And so I would say with Couple Delights, you can find us on uh, coupledelights.com. You can follow us on IG, right? With a Couple Delights. And I have two of my, my uh, favorite teas. We have four teas uh, out right now. One is called Unleash the Queen. And the idea behind it is that, you know, there's queens, we're all queens, right? And sometimes we just need to come out and we need to show up, right? So Unleash the Queen is a spearmint-based tea. It helps mm. balance hormones, especially that hair uh, that we may be experiencing, uh, blood pressure, stress, and weight. And then sometimes we do need energy, okay? <laughs> right? And so I like to have, I'm off coffee. I gave up coffee too, by the way. And so this is called Be Ready. And Be Ready is a green tea. It is a green tea. So it has caffeine in it. But it's a it's a good uh, base caffeine, right? It's not as high as coffee, but it also allows you to have that energy. And then it helps with your digestion and antioxidants. Like green tea is coming through for you, right? It's your hero. It's your shiro. And so I, I leave you. I leave you with this. You are your best advocate, but you have to study yourself. You have to take the time to learn you because no one else will, right? So love yourself to be your best advocate. Thank you so much, Giovanni. I really appreciate you. Man, I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. Y'all, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. I hope you enjoyed this Journey of Strength episode um, with Candice, Cupful Delights, Please make sure you are following and connected with us on all social media platforms. All of that information is below in the description, as well as Candice. Um, and then if you are trying to take this approach on a your healing journey, you can get a free guide down below. Um, if you are struggling with polycystic ovary syndrome or endometriosis, there's a comprehensive healing guide that's also free to get you started when it comes to mindset, uh, mindful eating, and movement. Also a plant-based alternatives to kind of help you kind of lean away from processed foods and really start taking some of your favorite meals and swapping them out with some nutritious um, options. But again, all that information is in the description. Thank y'all for vibing with us. Um, we really appreciate y'all. Be well, but don't forget <laughs> to continue to love you on your own journey because it is your healing, your journey. We out of this thing. Ta-ta. Bye.